Hey folks, welcome to another episode of Revealing the Mind. We're extremely glad to have you be a part of our conversation and the journey as we explore what being a man is. What is a man? Who is a man? And when do I become a man? From a boy to a man, the boy becomes a man with a shaky foundation and a whole lot to unlearn. My name is Olumide, my co-host is Bimbo. We are here with more questions and answers. We will talk about a range of topics from normal to controversial, you heard that right, and all this affects us and all the men around us. Welcome to the show, glad to have you with us. So let's jump into today's topic. Um, I, I, I guess you need to go first on this because I'm not sure how you want to title it. Um, I know it has to do with money. I think initially you said it was money and man, um, but um, I, I'll let you take the... Because there's a lot I have to okay, learn. I, let me also say this as well too. Like ever since I've known you, I think I have known you've been very, very successful with with raising money or, or with earning money, and you have done it multiple times in different. Well, this is from the outside looking in. You've done it multiple times in different um, businesses, um, and I've always been I've admired that, and I'm like, oh crap, like. Hmm. This is good for the podcast. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm like, if you know, like, you know, if I could raise the money, this guy raised money, like, I'll be somewhere else right now, and I would have stuck to one of them, you know. But um, we, we've actually even spoken a little bit offline about this, but um, yeah, definitely, yeah. I feel like you have a knack. You, you know, maybe it's you working hard. I mean, maybe it's just you understanding, you know, how much energy you have to put into something. But I, I think you have been successful. In my opinion, you have been successful at a lot of things more than an average entrepreneur who just sticks to one thing and maybe might be able to like make a bit money off something I, but I, I i i really appreciate that i i, I really do appreciate it I, I think maybe it's from the outside looking in because when i, when I look in on the, on the inside it, it doesn't sometimes it doesn't feel the same way but i mean the issue today the topic uh, what we're talking about today is about um man and our relationship with money and you know I'd rather you actually go first on this, but if you say that I should, I will. Um, I think that relationship with money when it comes to um, man, of course, like, if we're going to talk about, like, if we're talking about this, we have to kind of talk about the history of money and, like, how it actually came about. Like, of course, in the initial days, uh, there was trade by butter, and before trade by butter, um, if I, the way that I look at it personally, not because of what I research, and maybe because I'm a deep thinker, I think to myself that everything that man tries to sell, everything that man tries to add value to, he was given freely. Hmm. But what does that mean? He was given freely. Everything that we try to sell was given to us freely. The, the talents that you have. Well, freely given to you. Okay, I get so you it. You try to sell them. I get it. Um, the, the air that we breathe in is free, but man has packaged a way to sell it. Water, we sell it. Food, we sell it. Every, I, and then I, I thought about something as well. Like man has placed so much resp- respect on money and the people that have it that we if we talk about Bill Gates. Uh, you know, we talk about. Um, What's that guy's name? Um, Amazon guy. Jeff Bezos. Uh, Jeff, Jeff Bezos uh, and and the likes of them and how much money that they, they have. And somebody was saying that if Jeff Bezos uh, paid paid each person, I don't remember how much uh, what they said exactly, but seven thousand dollars every every month that he would still have money, he still have extra money for the rest of his life. But I, I asked myself this question: If Jeff Bezos um, pay for every air that he had to breathe in and out. I don't know that he would have any money. You know, so that's the way that's the way I view money. But of course, like, and that's the way I've been trying to view money. I just see it as something, or not money, but that's the way I view the things that I have, the things that I've been blessed with. But outside of me, going to, you know, how man views money, let's just start with, um, trade by butter, you know, over time, man, you know, apparently in the olden days was, you know, cowrie 
and you know beads and things like that. I guess that's what, what, um, our even salt is what apparently. Sorry, salt. Even salt, yeah. Really, I never knew about that. Tell me yeah. about that. Well, I don't know much about it, but I know that um, I think soldiers were getting paid because salt. salt was used to preserve things. So salt was definitely okay. a, a currency um, at some point. Um, well, I didn't know that. You know, so I mean, but having said that, like, mine, we started, we started with trade, but we had this. I had, I have this. I'll give you this in exchange for that. And nothing was really given for you, like I said. But over time, like trade of the issue with that would have been that there's certain things you have that I don't want. And, you know, it, it, you know, it would just be, became an issue. So it, it was better for us to have a legal tender that everybody knew that if I wanted this thing, this is what I needed to have to get this thing, which I think, yeah, creatively, it made sense. And it was, it sounded ingenious. Um, but of course, like when you started off, it started with heavy uh, metals, gold, silver, it was heavy. And transporting, it was an issue. And from what I understand from my research, like things that, like that have evolved over time. And China was the first uh, country to actually introduce paper money. Paper money? Uh, okay. Yeah. China was the first country to introduce paper money. Uh, Sweden did in 1961. Sorry, 1961, excuse me. 1661. But China was the first. Why do you do you have a different? Okay, no. Um, so should I jump in or because I don't? As far as yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, conversation. So <laughs> okay. yeah. So, so that, that's my take on money. That, that's my, uh, you know. And sorry, let me just let me let me fin- finish off, and then you can tell me what your thoughts are. So um, you know, China had the paper money. It was you know they could transport the money. Around it was much easier. They called it uh, a f- uh, flying money or flying paper, whatever it was. Um, also in Peru, Inca in Peru, they did this thing where I kind of, from what I research and what what I understand, it was pretty neat. What they did was um, you would work at as a male. You work for at the age of fifteen. You work for um, the government and over time they didn't pay you but they gave you the you uh, provided labor for for the government and over time they gave you your, the things that you needed your necessities like food water shelter health care and all that stuff for some reason maybe I'm not a capitalist I kind of like that more than anything <laughs> else uh, I because I think the idea of I kind of like the idea. I don't know where I stopped. I kind of like the idea of that. Um, okay. So um, I, I approach this topic differently, but um, let me just say some things t- uh, based on what you said initially. I think like what we've done as managed, we've added value to things that were basic to a lot of people and we're able to charge for that. So, you know, the person who, you know, sees a block of marble and sculpts, uh, you know, David, is talented and he's added value to it. You know, the person that sees, you know, um, you know, whatever, like, so man has always added value to natural resources and we've been able to package it differently and, and obviously make some money off that. Um, also the idea of money, uh, well, so going back to the whole sapiens book, how we as humans collectively believed in a story of money, meaning, um, if you do something, I promise you pay you this or I can give you this where you take to somebody else and the guy says, okay, this is a paper that has 100 on it. This is worth 100, you know, XX amount of stuff. So obviously we had, to, as a as, as human beings, we, we, we bought into the idea of how do we exchange things? You know, how do we purchase things? You know, I have something, you have something, how do we change that? And I also think that at some point money was tied to wheat back in the days because obviously farming was um was one of the i think it's tied to that but i I don't know and i think one of the challenges they had was how do you give change (laughs) you know like maybe if i give you like a bag of wheat and what you're giving me is like let's say what like a quarter bag you know how do you handle that but anyway um i don't want to i don't know much about that but 
I, I'm always looking at these topics in a, in a very, let's call it in a, in a philosophical way because I, I, I like the idea of things like that. Um, first of all, is money is a measure of wealth. It is not wealth. I got that from Alan Watts. And he's like money, um, so material resources plus energy plus intelligence is, I guess, wealth. Well, I, 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 I don't, I don't, I'm not, sure, I'm not sure I get that. Um, from Napoleon Hill, he's like, nobody makes money, people earn money. So the people who make money are people who work in the mint, in the factories who are producing money. Most of us have to earn. So you have to do something to get money. So the more things you do that's of value in your society, you get paid more. So Jeff Bezos, or even Dan Gote in our, in our own uh, uh, Lagos, he's serving less than a million people a day. So he's going to make money, a lot more money than I'm who's serving like two people a day. You know, so it's almost like our, our ability to make money is directly proportional to how much service we are within our community. Davido that is servicing 100 million Nigerians, you know, with good music, He's going to make a lot of money versus me that I'm playing in church, in a church band, for example. So, um, yes, um, money is also a medium of exchange. I'm yet to get into the whole, let's say, this is just my notes right now. Um, but yeah, we had salt, we had carry shells back in the days. But now let me ask a question that might lead into more conversation. Like how much money is enough? So now that's the question I want to ask you. Okay, I mean, that's a good question. And how much money is enough? Uh, I would answer the question by saying this. There's a, I'm not a, a spiritual, I'm not a religious person uh, at all, but I kind of, I just, I read the Bible. Well, I used to, I don't read it as much anymore. Um, and no point intended. But there's a part of the Bible that says that I, I know, uh, sorry, there's a part of the Bible that says that the heart of man is like the water of a dead, always seeking room for more. There's never any amount of money that is enough for anyone. Physical money that is enough for anyone. Um, not for me, not for you, not for anyone, because if you think about it, if you have a, a car, chances are you want another car. If you want, if you have one nice house, you want another nice house, or you want another. You, there's never, a, a, there's never a, an end. It's like a bottom, bottomless pit. There's never an end to how much we want as, as human beings. So I, I, I wouldn't say that ten thousand dollars or fifteen thousand, fifteen million dollars or fifteen, or uh, one billion or one billion. It's still not going to be enough for me. So th- that's why, if you when you look at people like um, Bill Gates, after you've made so much money, you, then you start to realize that it wasn't about money in the first place. It's about humanity. It's about you know giving back. It's about you being able to share your talents without actually necessarily exchanging it for money. Because even the, the I've heard quotes over and over again, biblically as well, that says that, uh, you know, um, do the things, I, I'm, and I'm just paraphrasing this, don't focus on money. Focus on your creativity. Money will be added onto it. So if you're, if you're focused on how much money you're going to make, you're probably on the wrong, wrong on the wrong path and the wrong journey. That's what I think. So let me throw in a quote in that money is a res- um is a result of success. I think oh, is that how he said? But it's, it's the idea that money comes after success. It never comes before. And success could be whatever it is you're doing that you're doing very well and you're offering enough value then people see it in there. But there's a quote you just said that I actually like about um um, after, not quite, no, after you've made money, like you realize that like, um, someone like, like Bill Gates, for example, like money isn't everything. I think that, so I'm, <laughs> I don't, I won't say I have money, but I'm comfortable within my own, um, lifestyle that I want to have, you know, and, um, compared to other people, that might be nothing. So I think 
the, the thing about money is if you can control what you desire and what you want, you can live very well with what you have, you know, um, and I'm, I'm, I'm a bit excited that I'm realizing this now before I'm less a, a millionaire, um, in dollars, obviously. <laughs> if I'm a millionaire, because you're not in this different from us. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. But, but... Let, let, let me finish my train of thought because I'm like, I'm seeing that there are things that are, anything you can buy, it's not valuable because you can replace it. You know, the things you can't buy, quality time with friends, family, loved ones, and all that. Like that stuff that your money doesn't give you any more access to. You know, uh, the real experiences. So. It's not like Bill Gates has to be a billionaire, a billionaire to realize that he needs to do more. Then it's almost like some folks have lost their path, and you, you kind of also see it here because when we're chasing money, it's like uh, we're forgetting the little things that really matter. Now, the crazy thing about the context, in fact, this is even very good of the environment we're in right now, where we're deep into this whole coronavirus two weeks lockdown, um, that. The guy who has a billion dollars in his account and the guy who has a, a millionaire in his account, they're leveled up for the most part when it comes to they have to deal with their immediate environment and they have to fight the same demons, staying home and not being active and whatever they find them outside, that brother money, it's not happening at this point in time. But the flip that's side that's to that is that the fact that I have, let's say, one hour extra on my account, I can run my gen the entire day and not feel like I'm bleeding. So I still have a comfort level that I can maintain because I have cash. So it's almost like, well, I'm not sure. So well, my, the comfort level, I, I, the comfort level is something that I, I think it's superficial. It's something that we created for ourselves. And, and not to play devil's advocate, the comfort that we create for ourselves also can most times works against us. The comfort that a rich man creates for himself to buy as many cars as possible and sleep on the sleep, um, silk sheets and all that stuff um, gets him away from the reality of exercising, for example. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm here. So it, it's a, it's like a double-edged sword because, which is why I guess my first question is, like, what is enough? Now, my... There, there's no... What, what is... It's not... There's no... The quest of man is so deep and so you know it's not there's not no amount of money that could be enough money that man has made so, can be enough but look at it this way right now they've increased the price of water to like five thousand naira for one bottle of water you will still buy it because you have cash in your account now my staff can't afford to buy water 5k we're buying masks at ridiculous prices. We're buying hand sanitizer, hand sanitizer at ridiculous prices. We're buying vitamin C's at ridiculous prices because, again, this is reality. Right now, I'm home and I'm not worried about making money because I'm okay. But the guys who have to earn money every day, they're screwed because yeah. there's a lockdown. Well, yeah, of course. So the question now is like, there has to be a level of, and this is not really off topic, really, but like, there has to be a level of enough. So I think maybe, let me take a stab at it. I think having enough money should be maintaining the minimum lifestyle you can to have a, a level of not no dissatisfaction. I don't want to call it happiness because money is not tied to happiness. But it, like right now, okay, they just took the light. My gen is on. Like if I didn't have gen, I'll be pissed off because one, we can't watch TV. It's freaking hot in this country, and then no internet. Yeah, but again, Olimide, the way that I view this is very different. The things that you're talking about are superficial things. You can't watch TV because you don't have life and because you don't have money, but you can do other things. You, you're over time. We have been wired to to create a facade for ourselves and a certain type of lifestyle. This is a time where you can't watch TV, pick up a book and read. Get to understand yourself. Get to know yourself a bit. But the, but the heat is going to be uncomfortable, man. Sorry? <laughs> the heat in the house will be yeah, so uncomfortable. Yeah, you've been used to not being in heat for so long. The people that have been, the people that have used to heat, it, 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 it didn't kill them. And it's not, it's not, it's not, it doesn't kill. I mean, of course, like, you know, if it's way too hot, then it's a different thing. But, 
Shivari said, I think that what we're going through now with coronavirus has leveled every man. Or it hasn't leveled every man. I pray that it doesn't level every man because it hasn't leveled every man because I can still sit here and have a conversation because I still have money to put credit on my phone or you put credit on your phone to call me. You know, but when it levels every one of us where we're all on the same level, then we realize that this thing called money that we created it's was really not It's a story we've told ourselves, definitely. Yes, um, it's a story that we told ourselves over time. Yeah. And it's a story, it's, it's what we've chosen to believe. Money really is a tool. That's the way I look at it. it and people don't, and it's supposed to be used as a tool and nothing more. So if you have a if you have a hammer, for example, if you have a phone, for example, and you want to make a phone call, and you have the phone with you, but you put the phone in your drawer, and you shut it, shut, I, I lock it up, and I'm thinking, I need to talk to Lulimide. But the only way I can talk to Lulimide is by, use, I can't go to your house, but I can use the phone to call you. But I decided to store away the phone. I'm not using the tool that I'm supposed to use to get what I want. I'm I'm keeping it for what reason beats me. That's why, like I think I said it in the last podcast um, when we talked about when we talked just now about how politicians in Nigeria would hold on to money, put money in uh, in houses, so full money of houses. If you really understood the true value of money, if you understood money, you would let it work for you. You will know that it's a tool that was meant to work for you, not the tool you that you're holding. When you talk about um, uh, coronavirus and how the prices of things have increased, my wife and I went to Ebano the other day, and I hate to put them on blast, but watermelon. Of course, we couldn't go in, but so they, we had to order the things that we wanted. When they brought the receipt to us. The recipe was itemized with no um, with no price and had a total of twenty four thousand naira. And then we ordered watermelon. Watermelon was one thousand nine hundred naira, two thousand naira for watermelon. If people don't worship money, if that's not worshiping money, I don't know what is. Because I feel like at a time like this is when a place like even Ebano should give freely, not all their prices. Should even look at local people around and see how, how we can give to them. I don't think they Again, should give, I think they should maintain uh, maybe a healthy profit margin um, and then not, you know, just yeah, try to take advantage. No, no, no. So because they they so Ebanon probably has like a thousand employees, you know, all around the entire maybe not, maybe like a few hundred employees. Hold on. A few hundred employees. So they have to pay bills. They have to they have to, you know, power the whole place. Some pay, pay the suppliers. But what I don't agree with, and there's a quote you saw, I saw on uh, uh, what the Russian president did was like, he's like, folks who are overcharging for masks, like they should just revoke their licenses at the pharmacies. I'm okay with that because, you know, places where you go to, I bought a mask for 3006 It lasted one day for one mask. You know, doesn't make any sense. So places like Ebano should get fined because they're taking advantage of, places like Ebano should probably get fined because, they fit it into people's they're, they're creating a level of anxiety um tied to and they're taking advantage of people's fears i don't buy into that i think that's kind of crazy um but um again going back to the whole money thing and i'm sorry if i cut you off the fact that you no. can afford that 24 grand means that okay you're going to still buy it so that's this is where money comes in handy and like you said it's a tool there are two parts of being a tool like a gun is a tool a hammer is a tool. But if I smash a hammer on your head, then it's now a weapon then. So I think because men, we're so we're such conscious beings, we can easily we we, we misuse tools and we have misused money. You know, um yep. in so and then unfortunately society also sees the person that has amassed the most wealth as a a leader. Or somebody that should be like that chief and the titan. It should be like a, a leader in our community. So which is why you have the guys who are doing 409, the guys who are doing drugs, all these hustlers. They go around with nice cars and then they get respect. You know, they dress or even... Let me fall back a little bit because I'm, I'm kind of stretching that. 
I want to wear a black t-shirt and jeans and slippers. I want to walk into a place. But then I'll get judged by how I'm dressed because I'm not dressing like a guy who has money. And the person who doesn't, or who may or may not have money, but dresses in a nice, you know, at a Gucci, this or Louis Vuitton, that they get more respect. So it's also like our society feeds into this thing where it has place because it, we work because of money. No, 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 no. The, the, I don't know if you work because of money, but because I mean, the I, think, exchange, I think most people work because okay, of money. The exchange, and it, it, shouldn't be, so it shouldn't be that way. The initial exchange we get for our effort is money, right? And that gives us the, the power to purchase whatever it is we want to have. So you have the new iPhone. Okay, you just spend X amount of money on the phone. You have more money than me. You live on Banana Island. That says a lot. So it's almost like money is now part of people's identity, you know. And yes, a situation like this where, you know, it, it shakes us up to to say that all these things we've been doing right now, I'm stuck in the house with my kids and my wife. This is reality. Yes, I can be, you know, on the seventh floor of, of a, you know, billion-dollar building in Nikoi, but I'm still stuck in that reality where this is my space, you know, um, yeah, <laughs> you, you know, you know, you the question that you asked. Just going back to the question you asked about, like, how much money can I possibly have? There was an interview that um, Bob Marley had, and I asked him if he thought. I think I have it on my Instagram page. If he thought he was rich, and he said, uh, "Rich, that what do you mean, rich? How what do you define as rich?" Um, I think that it is a. Uh, he then he said that. If you're defining rich about how much money I have in my bank account, then maybe I'm not rich. But if you're defining rich by the uh, resources that I have, if you're defining rich by my talents, my creativity, the people that I have around me, you know, uh, health, then I am very wealthy. I'm not rich. And that's the way that I see it as well. I think you said something when we first started this that I have been... Um, I've had a number of, I've done quite a number of ventures that, uh, of course, on the outside, it seemed like I succeeded. I, I've had my losses as well. Um, but maybe because I, I think deeply and over time, I've been able to just realize certain things. I don't have to get to a biggest level to realize that I'm chasing wind if I'm chasing, if I, if I continue to chase after my. Now, I'm not saying that I want to be broke because I live in a society where I have to have money to, to to survive. But then I have an understanding that I have a different relationship with money. I I understand that money is a mere tool. Just because I, I don't have money today doesn't take anything away from me as a person. And a lot of times when this thing actually hits me the hardest is when I go for burials and I, and I see people that I go blessed memory, just about uh, January and of January, one of my, my big, my bones died. It was very painful. I mean, he was a very nice guy. He was doing very well for himself. He had buildings all around, um, you know, the Island type thing. And he just had a heart attack shortly after he died and you know it's funny how he used to have a band and a bmw and it's funny how you know and he cherished those cars but when we went for the burial he was just lying there he was of course gone his brother was the one driving the bmw and apparently his brother had been since the day he died his brother had been uh, cruising the bmw and the benz like every day. It's not something that he would have done if this guy was alive. So I just feel like for me personally, I think deeper, much deeper than the idea of storing money, but more of using money as a tool for the things that I want because society has mandated it that I do it that way. Otherwise, I would give a lot of things out for free. I just can't afford it. Not, not presently. Yeah, so that's kind of like the way I view it. So this reminds me of a, a philosopher called Seneca. Um, and um, 
he has a he has a quote that I, I wrote down. He, it goes it goes like along the lines like this: I cannot consider a man poor when what he has left is enough for him. Um, and when I reflect back on, you know, one of my toughest years in Lagos financially, I didn't have any money in my account, and I survived it. And obviously, as you know, you grow, business grows, you have extra money, then what ends up happening is your your desires start convincing you that you need certain things and then it becomes a luxury. So there are times when I used to, last year, for example, like I would never buy snails at Mega Chicken because it was like one seven for like one piece of snail. It didn't make sense. I'd rather buy like five pieces of meat for like 20, 250 naira each than one snail. Then I think at some point I realized that I was spending... I would go to Mega Chicken, buy yam for 200 naira, and then buy like two pieces of snail for like one seven each, you know. And I'm like, I'm just spending about like four thousand naira on a, on a breakfast meal that my staff might spend that on a week, on a week's worth of food, you know. And in the same token, definitely, you're not eating your food at the restaurant. <laughs> obviously, no. At the same token, you have people who you know will buy first class ticket, and I'm like. I'd rather do economy and squeeze my legs than do first class, you know, and I probably, I can't even afford that lifestyle. Definitely not. But so this, yeah, quote, but you know what, like you rightly said, it, you can't afford it now. Like you said about the, the snails, there are things that I've said to myself, how can I possibly, I would never do that. That's too expensive. But then over time, the more comfortable you get, the more you understand life, the more you understand that, you know, for my so, comfort, I'll do it. People, or I think what that you. is is we're given into the matrix, and I also think well, that maybe there, there's, there's only so much you can really do. Sorry. I think there's only so much you can really do about that. You know, so again, this whole scarcity thing, we're like, oh shit, let's buy enough of our diesel. So we bought a tank in the house. We now bought diesel to last maybe like a month or so, right? And I'm like, that's crazy. Like dropping like more than a hundred thousand naira worth for diesel doesn't make sense, but. Their folks will be burned that like every week in their house because they have they have. I'm counting. I'm like, oh, we, we should only, like we should only have like two ACs on in the house or three ACs on, and they're from folks where the entire house is chilled, you know. But so what happens? It's like a it's like a going downward slope where because your taste gets more refined, right? Your desires are more, you know, um, elaborate or you know they're more intricate. You spend more and then you have to make more money. Then, you know, um. I was telling myself, like, I don't, all the natives I have in the house is because my mom or my wife, almost my mom would have bought it for me because oh, I don't, natives, for example, like, I don't natives. buy natives. Um, the shoes I have in the house, my dad or my brothers are buying it for me because I'm okay with Crocs or slippers, you know, and I'm like, how much money have I saved by not being into the trends that have come and gone? You know, how much money have I saved by not having to live in certain areas or do certain things or go eat at a restaurant that has come up, you know? So there's a, there's a saying that I also have in the back of my mind that says, Ali Jolowo, money is a visitor, right? And I think that it's very tough to really be able to manage money for for a long time. And again, jumping all, jumping all over the place, there's also a saying that um, in three generations, usually like our generational wealth is lost. I don't know if it's three generations. So maybe like my grandkids might burn all the money that I have amassed, for example, right? You know, so definitely strife, um, hardship, you know, um, I think that help, helps you respect money more. There are things that I'm happy that I didn't spend money on because if I had done that, I might not be where I am right now. You know, like I want to buy a Rolex. I like a Rolex. You know, I like what it says, but then this kind of touches into the whole ego conversation we're going to have. Is that my ego speaking? Because Rolex is a watch. I want to know what time it is. Why do I have to buy a Rolex to know what time it is? My phone tells you know, me what time you know, it is. Steve Jobs, Steve Jobs said something. He said that customers don't know what, you, what they want until you give it to them. What you wanted to buy a Rolex is more because you have been told advertisement you're, you're buying into a status exactly a i'm not going to buy one but i like the idea of it the story no, tells. I know, but yeah. what, what i'm saying is if for anyone that owns a rolex for most people that own it's if it tells the time 
and if it's a Swatch and a Rolex. There's no much difference. It's just the major difference is the branding and the idea that has been ingrained ingrained in our minds that a Rolex is for the wealthy. If you wear a Rolex, you're wearing wealth. And when you wear wealth, you act wealthy. There's a certain standard that you have, there's a way that you dress, there's a way that you look, there's a way that you carry yourself, there's a way you speak when you wear a watch like this. You know, I used to work in advertising and I, I realized that a lot of times, most of the things that we buy, we don't actually buy products. Um, we buy uh, uh, an idea that has been created for us. So even the idea of having money is something that has been created by society that we buy into. Most of the things that we have as um, average citizens or maybe middle-class citizens or um, you know, rich people, most people don't don't need the things that they don't. There's a difference between want and need. So we don't necessarily need the things that we buy. We want them. I'm also guilty of it. Like maybe I'm the reverse of you. I like shoes. I have. I was just thinking about it yesterday. Coincidentally, I have maybe about five pairs of shoes that I have not worn. Not so the ones that I have worn. I'm only one person. I can only wear about one pair of shoes at a time. But I choose to amass uh, different pairs of shoes just in case I need them. Or just in case I don't have, you know, it's it's all an idea. And it's all, for me personally, it's a journey that I am trying to get. I'm trying to understand. And I, I think if in my 40-something years of existence, if I've done certain things a certain way, it might be difficult to change it. Like, I think, I mean, I'm much better now because when I moved back to Nigeria, I had maybe four suitcases of clothes that I brought back and shoes, and I had to pay excess for it. And at some point, like, I remember when I stayed in Nigeria for a bit, and I didn't really like it. I was like, I'm going to move back. I wanted to carry all my things back to the, um, back to the U.S. I kind of did the same thing as well. And then I went back to the U.S. I didn't, I was like, I'm not feeling this. I'm going to go back. I brought everything back again. And then at some point I went to Canada and I went to one church and the pastor said something that hit me hard. He said travel light. And when he said travel light, he was actually talking about travel light through the journey of life. Like don't have hard feelings towards people, you know, be forgiven, you know, don't carry things. And I realized that both Emotionally and physically, I was constantly carrying things, personal things that I thought were mine, personal hurts that I felt were mine, you know. And I haven't said that. I think that just to relate it to money, I try as much as possible now to not associate myself with money so much, but associate myself with more of the things that the money can do for me. Because I also know that money, as much as it's a, it's a tool, it's also a spirit. It could be a spirit, and it could be, it could be quite demonic. You know, the the idea of you having so much of it, or you having it, makes you want to have a lot more of it, and then it becomes power, and becomes ego, it becomes pride. And I'm, I, I try to be um, self conscious and self aware. And try to stay away from from things like that. I always tell people something. I'll, I'll, I'll shut up and let you talk now. That I'd rather be uh, a pipe that runs through, that money runs through, just like water runs through a pipe, than uh, a reservoir that holds money. If you're a pipe, the money runs through. You're always going to be wet. You, things are always going to go through. Money is always going to go through you. And I can challenge it properly, and I know it doesn't belong to me, versus holding on to it. Yeah, I, I don't know if that analogy so, um, In fact, that's probably the, one of the things I wanted to talk about, where I, I, um, when I walked in the States, I was able to save, I think, two-thirds of a paycheck, I wasn't up to a full paycheck. So maybe like you get paid twice in a month. Maybe I'll use like one paycheck and a, a, 
a little amount to pay my bills, then I'll save the rest. So I always felt comfortable seeing money in my account. Um, obviously, I came out coming some money and then businesses didn't go very well. I lost everything. Then I became broke. And I think that scarred me because my, my, um, my attitude towards money then was like, amass as much as you can. You know, stack it up, stack it up, stack it up. Don't spend, you know, so carry, which is why I was still going to eat. I like cheap food anyway, but like I won't see myself spending money on, you know, in a nice hotel or nice clothes because those things eventually, it, it just, it to me is an expense. So fast forward, um, I think there was a big devaluation of Naira where, you know, and the one I did back then was when I had cash, I would, you know, an Excel file, divide it by the dollar rate then. I'd be like, oh crap, I have X amount of dollars. You know, I felt good. And then all of a sudden, within like three, four months, dollar rate changes. Now I've lost a lot of money as well. So I didn't lose money per se, but the money lost its value. You know, um, and I think I've called you in the last six months to say like, what do you like advice on what to do with some cash? You know, like from, I probably try raising money from a, from a very, let's call it a weak mindset where I wanted money to just sit in my account, even if it's one error, two error, I just want—I want to—I wanted to see you there because it gave me a level of safety, you know. Versus you making the money work for you, and now the fear that I have is obviously when the money leaves a house to work for you, you're risking it, and in an environment like this, like anything can happen. One of my biggest cushion right now is like they've asked some people to shut down their businesses. I am comfortably okay, you know, um, and I'm not thinking rent motto school fees like i am okay because i have respected money enough to just marry the bitch and let it stay in the house that, shit that sounds fucked up that again? <laughs> <laughs> what i'm saying I didn't hear that. You said- yeah i had married money in the sense of like i i no, i took possession of money and i kept it like i'm holding on to money you know fast as i'm letting money be a tool and my struggle with this also in my, and maybe you can help me out with this. It's like, maybe because I, I've been, I came from a, I didn't come from anywhere, but I, because of the business loss that I had the first time I, I became broke, I have had the need to, I want to see money in my account. And I, anything that will reduce that amount, I'm not for it. You know, um, now obviously when you keep money in your account, like, like you said, like a reservoir, if it's not working for you, it's losing value, you know, so you got to put money into action. But in Nigerian yep. environment, that action can be a one time. What's your one chance? Easily, because you just don't know what's packaging <laughs> as that. You, you, you know, you know what? You're absolutely right about that. Like you talked about initially when we started this conversation, you mentioned how you feel like I've done businesses and you know I've done well in businesses. Yeah, the about is the I don't look like what I've been through. Because if I look like what I've been through, then what the comment that you made, you want to need it. Um, like you rightly said, uh, when I came back to Nigeria uh, in 2010, dollar was 150. One thing I uh, to to 150 naira to a dollar. One thing I always did at the time was I would always change money. So whatever business I did. Um, whatever profit I made from the business, if it was six hundred thousand, I would change three hundred thousand into dollars. And I think I mentioned that to you. You did. And I would keep the rest, keep the rest in naira, and do the business again, because I understood the environment that I was in. I understood the market that I, I was in. So by the time dollar started, you know, messing up. Sorry, not dollar. Naira started messing up. And at some point, naira went up to like 250 you know 300 at that time i i didn't have to rush to be changing money because i'd been changing money all along and the little money i had in naira i needed to use it in naira but when i think about it if imagine doing a business in nigeria at the exchange rate is 150. there was one particular one that happened to me it was 150. by the time that we did the business and we're supposed to get the proceeds of the money. It was like nine, six, no, nine months after the exchange was, and I changed dollars. The exchange was already 160, 159, 160. So even though it looked like I gained money in terms of Naira, but the value of money that I had, it was better for me not to have done anything. 
And and that's one thing that I realize happens a lot in this in this country. I don't come from a poor family. Family, my parents are pretty okay. They're not millionaires, but they're pretty comfortable. But I've seen something about Nigeria, and it scares me. I've seen the level of how money depreciates over time. You talked about money not lasting a third generation. In Nigeria, the reason why we're actually even at this level is because if you think about it, a lot of rich people, so-called rich people that we knew back then, where are their grandkids? Where, where are their kids? Where are their kids? Or where are their grandkids? Or they, no, you know, they, you know where it's all their that. kids, not just like the first where son. Kids? <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I mean, for the sake of what you call, I don't want to mention names, so it's not like I'm putting names out there. But where are their kids? If you look at uh, uh, Walmart, Walmart, the person that owned Walmart is gone. But Walmart still remains. If you look at KFC, same thing. So these are like family business. Yeah, but they become corporations and then corporation, you know, you're, you're just yeah, a board member or your that, shareholder. That's the thing. That, yeah. Our culture in Nigeria is a bit more fucked because the person you hire to do your business for you is waiting for you to kick the bucket. And when you do that, they're going to run with it, which is why, yep. I mean, that's the challenge we have here where there's no, everybody's looking out for their own self-interest immediately. And they don't see a need to grow with the business and have a share of it. They want the entire thing. And, and you know what? The most impo- important thing that you also mentioned now is the fact that, see, people want money. But anybody that wants money, that man-made, also has to want, or has, also has to learn patience. People, I remember when I bought my house in America, I bought it for about 170000 And at the time, it was 2004. And by 2005, 2000, close, to, close to 2006, it had gone up to like almost like 270. And that's, there was a boom in America at the time. And, you know, everybody, and I had like $100,000 equity as, you know, that I could do whatever with. Of course, because I didn't know the true value of money. I ordered it. I kept it. I didn't do anything with it. Before I knew it, the next year, everything had crashed. What I'm trying to say, in essence, is if you have um, if you have money and you don't know what to do with it, like you rightly said, like Lee Jalou, it's here today, tomorrow is gone. That's number one. Number two, just because I bought at 170 and a year after I was able to sell for uh, 270 or I was able to I had a value of 270 doesn't mean that that's how it works what how it should really work is you need to be patient with it and grow it over time I was reading something about Warren Buffett and the kind of stocks that he buys he doesn't he doesn't take wild guesses so Warren Buffett would rather buy Coca-Cola stocks and understand the business has been in existence for a while. It might, it might buy high, but he leaves it there and doesn't sell it. And it's not money in his account. He's not seeing it in his account. And he's not selling. He's probably just leaving off of his dividends. If you really want to make money in terms of how man created money, that's the way to do it. But in the case of Nigeria, everybody wants a beam. I want it now. I want to go and store it in a house. I want to have more than the next man. But that's not what money is. I want to have a, I want to have a Range Rover. Uh, the girls that see guys that drive the, the nicest cars, and to them, that's money. Okay. So, so of course, like, if you don't know if you don't know the value of a thing, you misuse it. I had just three questions that came to mind, but then I kept on evolving the question. So the first question was, do women respect men with money or men without money? Then it became the society respect men without money then it became how can we how can society respect people ah well so it's, I, I guess the third question would be like how do we change or what can we do to change the way people res- people um hmm what can we do to change how people associate success no or ah i don't know 
but I guess it's more like I think I think I understand yeah what like what what can we do about it because obviously women respect men with money because society prefers the man with money you dress very well you look very well you can afford certain things you you, you get like first options on a lot of things so like that's not you know but like can a society function without money and the answer is probably fucking no because if it's not money like notes it's something else because right now your house is a currency the way you speak is a currency you know like the clothes you wear is a currency the car you drive is a currency your body is a currency so it's almost like man must always find a way to you know I think in order to go ahead and just answer your question I think I understand where you're coming from I would say this. I think it's very important that we are who we understand that we came here with nothing and we're going to leave with nothing. And in the process of being here, we should try as much as possible not to try and impress anyone with what we don't have. So if I'm not going to, I don't care if a woman respects me, if I have money, if I don't have money. I honestly do not care. I've gone to a point, I never really used to care in the past, but like now, I really don't care. I don't, if I don't have money, it's not a disease. It's not a disease that is contagious. You're not going to catch it because I don't have let money. Let me, let me bust your bubble a little bit. One of the conversations we had in the previous podcast, like I came to your office, you look very sharp that day. And you were like, well, if you didn't have meetings, you're coming to work, you would have just been butt naked. Remember you saying that? Yeah, say that again. Okay. <laughs> One of the old conversations we had in the podcast, you were like, because um, uh, you dressed sharp in that day, and you were like, you dressed this way because you knew you were going to have meetings. And you wanted to look like, if not because of the meetings, like you, you would have been butt naked in the office, just jokingly. Yeah, because so you know what? The fact, it, that you're, it, it, the fact that you're, you're dressing up and you're looking sharp, because obviously this is not like one-area outfit. This is stuff that... Obviously, quality, well put together, you know, cufflinks, nice slippers and all that. So, like, even if we don't care what people say, I think subconsciously we have already been, it's already in us that when you look a certain way, it speaks volume about you. And then, obviously, the, oh, yeah. more, the more money you have, the better that look can be, like, chiseled, you know, can be framed very well, you know. So, like, you know... <laughs> Yeah, you know, if you come out of a, a clean car with a with a chauffeur or with a driver, you got more money than a guy who comes out of a Okada, for example. You know. So. Yeah, but what what I what I'm trying to say is this: I understand what you're saying, and we're all a conflict within ourselves. Um, I like that I, a lot. If, if I, yeah, we are. But if if I like you said, the day you came to my office, there are loads. I'm a personal trainer, and the loads of times Nigeria is a very hot country, and um. And I don't really like AC much. So there are times that I, I just want to be free. I just want to wear shorts and T-shirts and just be. But then also I sell clothes. So in order to sell the clothes that I, I, I have, I also know that I have to dress a certain type of weight so that I don't have to speak much. So when somebody sees me, they can say, oh, I like this. And I can say, I made it. So the conversation started for me. I made, oh, you made it. Oh, yeah. Oh, nice. Oh, so you make clothes? Oh, yeah. So how much? How much do you do something like this? And it's an easy transition. So that's. I feel like because I live in a society, in a way, I kind of have to abide by the rules of society. Sometimes I wish I tell I tell you I don't like people. Sometimes I wish that I didn't live in a society. I wish I could just do whatever the fuck I wanted to do. But for the most part, it's not like that. But I'll say something to you. When I dress up. I'm not dressing up for somebody else, really. I like the way it feels on me. I like the way I look at that particular time. There have been times that I've had meetings and I was in shorts and t-shirts and I'll go for the meeting that way because that's the way I want to feel at that particular... That's why like, a person like me can't have a 9-to-5. I, I can't conform. I don't conform to a dress code. I don't conform to... You telling me how to do certain things at work because I, the the longest I've ever been at any job, not that I'm proud of it, it's been two years. And even after this, closer to the the beginning of the two years, I I knew that if I didn't leave, I was going to be fired. You know, so I, I kind of know 
that we are a conflict within ourselves, and I know I'm a conflict within myself. There's certain things that I see that I contradict. But then at the same time, I also, I'm very comfortable in my own skin. If I don't have money, I just don't have money. I don't have to impress you. There's no reason. The only reason why I would want to impress you is more because of, because I want to sell a product. Because I, I look as I can look as anyway, and I want you to see how you can look as well. Not necessarily because I want you to look at me as a rich person. No, okay. I don't. So um, I'm going to give my conclusion, and maybe we can give you this after this, so that we can wrap up. I think the 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 scary thing about this is. There's a lot of stuff that happens in our subconscious mind that we don't realize. And, you know, um, it could easily be that when you were five years old, you saw your dad wearing this kind of penny loafers and you like that. Or when you watch him's born and you like the way he looks in the tuxedo and you like that, you know. Um, so we've already been wired in such a way that we don't understand um, why we think. So I don't, I, I like the idea of jeans and a t-shirt. It's very practical for me. Nigerian native is not practical for me. It doesn't make sense even in Nahid. But Nigeria's when a guy wears native, he looks sharper because society has associated a level of you know class, um, success tied to how we carry ourselves. You know, a guy wears slippers, you're thinking, why are you wearing slippers? He wears palm slippers with like, you know, Gucci colors, even something else. So subconsciously we've already been wired. And I think for um, it, let me tie back to the quote of I cannot consider a man poor when what he has left is enough for him by Seneca. I think when we believe this, then we truly have money, we have wealth then. So when what you have is enough for you, then you have money. And I think you need to be we need to be more conscious of what it is that we have or what it is that we want. So we're not always searching for the next thing because the man who you know, has a billion dollars in his account and wants to still go rob up other people, he's not content, he's not happy, he's chasing something, you know, and no matter how much money he makes, he still will not have found what he's looking for because he didn't have to go outside to look for it. It's all within him. So, like, that's pretty much what I think how I want us, how I want to wrap this conversation up on my end, that, yes, money is definitely is a tool. I agree with that. I think the the idea of digging into your conscious mind into your subconscious mind and then looking at what it is that you value and removing <laughs> let's call it removing excess you know lavish or excess um, desires that might want you to keep on trying to chase after money because definitely you know um life is to be is it's, it's to be lived now um and there are a lot of things that money can buy and for as long as we keep putting focus on trying to make money or rather trying to earn money i think we will always be lost in that in our personal journeys i think i think you rounded it up properly i think that's pretty much what i'll say as well just to add one or two things i i like i said i, I believe money is a tool and a tool can be used for uh literally two things it can either heal you or it can kill you um, you, you have to decide on how you want to use this tool. Um, understand something that we are man created money, just like man created everything else. And we live in a society where we need money to do things. Personally for me, um, I'd rather have that money flow through me so that I am a part of the money, not necessarily a one that owns the money, but keeps the money. At the end of the day, nobody ever got buried with money when they died. Some and ghetto person probably did, though. <laughs> sorry, some ghetto person probably did. <laughs> well, oh yeah, but I mean, it's gonna rot. It's gonna rot. Oh, yeah. So yeah. at the end of the day, I just feel like money to me is very fleeting. It's not as 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 high in currency as money is. It can compare to to good health. A case in point, COVID nineteen. You know, so we kind of have to reprioritize and re-strategize and think. And I think, especially at a time like this when we're home, 
that it's time to kind of rethink what we're chasing. Because most of us are chasing wind. You know, yeah. that's what I'll say. Uh, well said. Um, that's it for me on this, this show. Um, <laughs> bimbo. Thank, thank you guys for listening. And I know we ranted a little. <laughs> I think we did, but... Oh. Hopefully, hopefully, made sense. Yeah, in between, there are probably key things that people can take away from, and I definitely have things I'm taking away from this conversation. So, so do I. Thank you very much. Really. Hey guys, first of all, thank you very, very much for spending this time with us. We're very honored. Just a little disclaimer, right? So, nothing we say here is a general truth. It is our own truth that we're owning. It's my truth. It's Bimbo's truth. And we're learning as we go along. We're students of life. We encourage you to continue to work on your ideas and your beliefs to be a better version of yourself. Don't forget to like, share the link with your friends, uh, subscribe to our mailing list, subscribe to the podcast. And we look forward to spending some more time with you next week.